This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Hey, to our daily financial news, but I need to take care of this little guy first. He's uh, he's a little grouchy this morning. He wasn't uh, wasn't nearly as bad as the day before. Yesterday was kind of rough, uh, but yeah, he's been a little chatterbox this morning. So I want to make sure he's okay, so we can get through this ten to twelve minutes together. As we get into the daily financial news this morning on this Friday, I think it is February 5th, uh, you know, I just want to remind you that uh, things are good. Uh, we, uh, we have a lot of opportunity ahead of us, so let's, let's remember, in the world of all this craziness, uh, we're looking at real estate, investing, all of those things, so, you know, it, it could certainly be worse out there. So let's just remain positive, take some opportunities that are coming, and let's move forward. So quick question for you all. Uh, as a part of the 75 hard, I need to read every day. So I just finished this good book, uh, basically talks about the one, you know, getting a little bit better every day really helped me personally have a better mindset. I now read first thing in the morning, which generally means he wakes me up about two ish and I read, then I go back to sleep. Uh, but what other books do you recommend? Some of the, some of the latest and greatest, I bought a lot of kind of mindset books maybe 10 or 15 years ago. So what are some books that came out in the last three years that you recommend? I want to fill up my Amazon cart because I'm really getting behind this reading first thing. It just, it allows me to be in a better headspace before I go look at the news and I try to build out my day, right? Reading the news first thing um, sometimes could really set me on a, on a different path. So I want to go out and check out... Uh, I want to read something else first, so that's been an important tweak in my life. Uh, as we go into today's news, I think we got to start with the January unemployment rate. Uh, this is something that hopefully you've heard Jonathan and I talk about on our Thursday sessions going back for months. The U3, or what is called headline unemployment number, is nearly useless. No, it's not nearly useless. It is useless in the current environment. But it is going to be paraded about. I imagine it will be in all kinds of headlines today and the weekend, but I don't want you to be suckered in. The unemployment rate dropped from 6.7 to 6.3%. But as we've talked about endlessly, this headline or what is called U3 unemployment number is not giving you a sense of what is going on in today's environment. It just simply is not. The better number to look at, which they will not tell you, they will not show you, they will bury it in reports, is what is called U6. U6 is double digits, folks. U6, even after a, you know, I'll call it what it is. It was a decent drop month on month. It went from 11.7 to 11.1. That is nothing to be happy about. The U6 is the number to watch because it includes discouraged workers. We have workers that have been unemployed for nearly nine months or more. It is not 
out of the realm of possibility to realize that they are very frustrated and they've, you know, some of them have given up. We need to jumpstart the economy to bring back these folks. This is why I think the unemployment rate is going to be very sticky on the way down as we bring back people into the workforce, as women stop being um, the, the, the ones who choose to stay home to raise the kids because the kids aren't in school and all these other things and daycares are shut down. And we've really disrupted the unemployment market. And you three at six points, what is it? 6.3 is terrible. The other thing to realize is the reason it dropped is we lost 406,000 people from actively looking, folks. It's, that's, a, that's a bad number for a month. So again, this is not good. Um, yeah, this is not good. Another thing to realize, again, I brought it up yesterday, Bank of England. Maybe it was the day before. I'm kind of blending together for me, if you know what I mean. But Bank of England is clearly setting the world, not only the UK, not only EU, but Asia and the US, they're going negative. They are already out talking negative rates again. I'm guessing by the summer, they need to do some internal adjustments, according to articles I read earlier in the week, to their financial system to simply support the idea of negative rates. But they are coming. Brexit has hit their economy hard. And they are going to go negative to encourage investment and the like. Don't know if you saw this, but Chamath, again, this is someone uh, that I follow. Uh, I have actually said repeatedly, I think he is this generation's Warren Buffett. Uh, he came on this channel, or not came on, but we talked about him recently, perhaps running for the governor which of California, which he backed out of or maybe was never serious. But he is encouraging the recall of Gavin Newsom, so I got to respect that. But his, one of his companies, one of his SPACs, Special Purpose Acquisition Funds, uh, Clover Health, is, I guess, under attack from a short seller, uh, but also has recently gotten an SEC notification. So something's going on there, right? Right now it's smoke, but often where there's smoke, there's fire. So we need to see what is going on there. Next up, it is very clear that Congress, the House, and the President are going to be getting stimulus coming. Uh, it's going to be direct payments. There may be a, a tweak on dollar amounts, right? Maybe it's not for people over 100 grand. Maybe it's 50 grand, but money is coming. It is going to be maybe slightly more targeted, but maybe not as much as you and I would like. Uh, unemployment extension and bonus of 300 is coming. I think they actually want to take that to 400. There will be money for schools and testing in states. It's coming. The 1.9 trillion is coming. It wouldn't shock me if it's signed, sealed, and delivered uh, in a couple of weeks. Again, I'm not voicing support or not. I'm simply saying it's coming as an investor. It's coming. Uh, the other thing to realize is the 10-year treasury is taking note. I don't know if you've been watching this. I've told you that's the one metric I watch among, amongst all else. It is rising. It is rising slowly, but again, when it was below 1%, now it's at 1.14 uh, as of this morning, uh, it is rising. And part of that's going to be the part of that reason I think the 10 year is going to rise and it probably will rise quicker than we all expect or would like. It may even royal the stock market is Janet Yellen. Janet Yellen is signaling quite clearly that she is ready to spend, spend, spend. Historically speaking, um, when she was the Fed chair, she never met a spending proposal she didn't like. I think it's going to be even more prominent as the Treasury Secretary, which she now is, she has been confirmed. 
She is warning of tough times ahead. Where, again, as I think I said yesterday with Jonathan, I think, I think yes, we have tough times ahead, but the worst is behind us. I think it gets better from here. And what she is going to do is she is, wants to spin, spin, spin like we are still in the thick of it. I think that's a mistake. I think in hindsight that will be a main mistake. Now, I'm not saying don't spend. <clears throat> I'm saying don't bring out the bazooka, right? Don't, don't go nuts. But she is the Treasury Secretary. They've got the House, Senate, and Presidency. So expect it to come. And I think that impacts the dollar. I think that impacts inflation. I think that impacts rates. As real estate investors, we must watch this. We don't have to agree with it, but it's going to happen and we must watch it. Things I'm starting to think about is where do you invest, right? What with, If the dollar is going to be hurt, interest rates are going to rise maybe next year substantially, you know, a single point, which would be a 30% move. Where do we go? What, what do we do? If you haven't seen, there was a great video yesterday with Jonathan Twomley that's kind of a brain teaser. Uh, he talked about one of his, uh, his hedge fund buddies proposing that real, as real, real estate investors, specifically out-of-state real estate investors, we, we should be looking at states with income tax. How's that for a brain tweezer, teaser? Woo, teaser. That essentially, as you'll hear in the conversation, takes Texas out. Uh, obviously, watch the video for kind of the back and forth, but the net of it is states need to raise tax revenue somewhere. If state income tax is not an option, they will often lean on real estate taxes and property taxes and fees and things of that nature. It was an interesting kind of discussion with Jonathan and, and talk. I think that came out at like four yesterday. We recorded it in the morning, but it came out yesterday. Um, 10 years up, noted that already. And then lastly, kind of talk about this week and last week. What, what did GameStop, AMC, all of these stocks teach us or what, what did all the, um, all the folks kind of learn from this? So let's take a look. I think first and foremost, we've learned that the retail investors, because of social media or because of the apps and Reddit and things of that nature, that when there is a good thesis, the retail investors can swarm and get behind and really become a wave. Because when I look at the momentum that got GameStop and then AMC and then others started, I think it was a great analysis, right? The fact that Wall Street shorted a company more than they should have is thesis. And when you find one, go hard to the hoop, as they say. And I think that happened. I think the retail investor can now basically cause pain to stupid Wall Street hedge funds to get over levered or take a position too far. I think that is a very good thing. This is not something we really could do in 2000, right? It was not as easy to get a collective of retail investors together. So I applaud Reddit and other forums for letting that happen. Next, again, I saw this, I experienced, I did it. Um, you know, good investing as momentum, as the hot streak, as the winning, as you stay at the craps table, as you continually win at blackjack, it goes from good investing, morphs into speculation, morphs into gambling. The longer you stay in, the later you get into the trade, it naturally goes that way. And I think we've seen that with um, 
you know, GameStop, for example, or AMC. Actually, it was AMC, David Portnoy, we talked about yesterday. He had a feeling. Come on, feeling, really? Feeling is what we're doing for investing now? Again, I don't judge that, but just call it gambling. I mean, do whatever you want. It is your money. Uh, but let's not call gambling investing. So at least get your mind right, know what you're doing. Uh, that is a thought. Next, I think Wall Street is fundamentally changed because of the retail investor. I believe there will be less direct and individual stocks shorted going forward. There are a couple of funds who got smoked. And, uh, you know, not only have their investing thesis likely changed, but others saw the carnage, saw it up close and personal. It's a very small set of people. They talk. They will not want to be a target of the retail investor again. So they might short indexes. They may go after funds or collectives, but they are very likely not going to be publishing reports about the most shorted stocks. Why would, why would Wall Street take a magnifying glass and say, look at me? Again, I think Wall Street has fundamentally changed because of what the retail investors successfully did. And then finally, you've got to say it, or at least I will, the SEC had better wake the heck up. FINRA had better wake the heck up. Uh, what needs to happen is uh, they need to look at these apps who have gamified trading, gamified, I guess I'll call it investing, but I don't know. It feels bad calling gamification of investing. Certainly gamification of trading, certainly gamification of speculation. I'm not sure I'm comfortable calling it investing, but maybe. But again, I think the SEC and FINRA have woken up. I do expect them to change. I do expect them to at least tweak applications that have gamified what is going on. So again, remember, it's Friday. It's Friday morning. The weekend's right here. Have fun. Do your work. Uh, we do our live Q&A tomorrow at 8 a.m. So if you have questions, I'd love to hear from you. Um, yeah, just have a wonderful day, okay, everyone? If you like these kind of videos, hit thumbs up, uh, subscribe. Let's have a great day. Take care. Bye-bye.